0: Welcome to the latest edition of Hawk Talk. I'm Lindsay Moore, and I'm here with Nick Thompson.
1: Lindsay, how are you?
0: Good, mate. Now, it's been a pretty sad week for uh, the Waverley Park Hawks and the South Metro Junior Football League. After Dan Andrews put the Melbourne metro area into uh, Stage 3 restrictions, um, the season start, which was meant to go ahead this weekend, has been
1: postponed again. It sure has, uh, which is obviously very disappointing for everybody involved. You know, the kids have loved getting out there and training again. And it, it's fantastic that they've been able to do that, but to have it put off again is quite disappointing. The league and the presidents are meeting early this week. Uh, the league is seeking feedback from all the clubs on, yeah, what we think should get, should happen going forward. Um, so I would expect, you know, that it won't be too far after that that we'll get some sort of indication of what the league plans. For our next step.
0: Yeah, I think look, the the, the choice the league's got to make is either um, bite the bullet and cancel it, or they look at playing a, a five week season. Um, I personally, I it's it's a, it's a difficult one. Um, if you could guarantee me that we could play five weeks, go for it. But if we end up in a situation where we go back and say, look, we want to play five weeks, and then dislikes happen this week before this weekend we we postpone or cancel right at the last minute i don't i don't think that's going to be uh, great to disappoint the kids again like that so it's a, it's a tricky decision to make
1: it is mate i think it'll be a tough one for them to make but um yeah look i'm in the camp that that it's probably all gone a bit too far now and it's time to move on and move forward and start focusing for next year but um uh, if we if it turns out we have a season and we get some games in, then that's great as well. Uh, that's fantastic, obviously. So,
0: now if we got any good news this week, because um, it's been nothing but depressing about COVID and uh, the SMJFL. So, you got anything good for us,
1: mate? If you're looking for good news, then look no further. You did. I hope you caught the mighty magpies getting back in the winners' circle last night. And the most exciting part of that was the number
0: of free kicks that Collingwood got for holding the ball, courtesy of L Clarkson.
1: Don't bring trivial matters into uh, this. <laughs> free kicks come from tackles. So, no, very exciting, though, was young uh, Atu Bozenovalagi, who had his debut. We know he played a season at the Hawks, um, and his younger sister, Leima, um was one of the superstars in our under-14 girls last year, and, um, so it was fantastic for him to have his debut, and he played. Yeah, you know, he really had an impact on the game. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. So, so that was great.
0: Yeah, I thought it was great too, and uh, I liked your pronunciation of his name. I think maybe you should have been on the Channel Seven commentary team last <laughs> night because they well and truly butchered it. <laughs> it
1: was actually my son. My son was at primary school with Lema, and uh, when she joined the footy club last year. He made sure I was getting it right when I was saying it. So that's great. Speaking of Lamer, what a beautiful family that is um, with Mary uh, leading the charge there uh, um, and all her all her troops. They're just wonderful. The younger brother, uh, the little fella, little nugget that he is, uh, comes and tries to knock me over every time before a game. Uh, he'll hit hard when he gets a bit older. Don't worry about that. Um and then of course Atu himself, uh, you know, always happy to help. We've seen him at after, match, after matches a few times last year, and then, uh, you know, the start of this year. I went and said hello to him at the uh, under sixteen girls' training, and he, without prompting, uh, said whatever we need. You know, he's more than happy to help out. Jumped the fence, got involved in a few drills. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, he's just a cracking young man. Yeah, he's
0: and it'll go back to last week when we spoke to Jai Bond, at, from the Oakley Charges, a talent manager, and. We asked him about what it is that you need to um, set yourself aside from everybody else in terms of being drafted by an AFL club. Being coachable and of good character is, is what you know. I think is is puts you on the right pathway to success. I'm pretty sure has made it to where he's got to because A, he works hard
1: and B, he's coachable. Yeah, he definitely ticks that last box. He's a good person.
0: Now, I just want you to listen to this little bit of audio that we have here, which was when Artu 2 was uh, breaking the news to his mum about um, playing his first game. Just have a listen.
1: Oh my God, this is perfect timing because I put the Foxtel back on.
0: Now, what do you think of that? Do you think that could be uh, the basis of an ad for Foxtel? <laughs>
1: <laughs> They'd be pretty happy with that, wouldn't they? <laughs> what great timing.
0: Or do you think the streaming service KO should jump on board and say, no, we'll give you 12 months of KO?
1: <laughs> I don't know, mate, but I reckon if I had to uh, put my marketing and sales hat on, I reckon we might see that run a few times on Foxtel over the next few days. Um, they might they be pretty happy with that, I reckon. So tell me, uh, moving on from young Attu and his fantastic start, tell me more about who we've got on this week, Linz. Uh I believe we had a great uh, chat, or you had a great chat with... Uh, cam from OpenCorp,
0: that is correct. We've got one of the directors of Open Corp, um the SMJFL uh, community partner sponsor, and uh, also our jumper sponsor at our club. He's going to be on and talk talk a little bit about his passion for um, property investment and and also some uh, property advice for for all the members of our club, right from right from uh, children through to grandparents. so that'll be coming up later in the show.
1: Fantastic. Uh, that'll be great, and I look forward to listening to that. But going back a step before the the property, um tell me more about jumper sponsorship. How does that work? what's that what does that mean? These our jump they're our jumper sponsor.
0: Open core was a gold sponsor for the club last season, which is basically they paid a certain amount of money, which gave them signage on the fence, etc. They wanted to increase this exposure right throughout the league um, through us and also, um, we connected them to the SMJFL, which is how they got involved with the uh, community um, fund with the SMJFL. But um, uh, Paul Shaw, our former president, who now looks after our sponsorship, had a had a chat to um, Open Corp about um, increasing their level of sponsorship um, and giving them a more prominent um, exposure. And that's been done through jumper sponsorship. So for the next three seasons, the Open Corp logo will be on the back of our Wadley Park Hawks jumpers. Um, they'll be contributing um, significantly more in terms of cash towards the club over those three years, and there's there's also a referral scheme. So every referral that Open Corp gets from one of our club members, uh, or any of our club members that actually sign up, the club gets uh, a rebate from those particular um, uh, agreements that they have with Open Corp. I think we can get as much as $2,000 for um, for a property investment uh, agreement.
1: Yeah right. Sounds like we're very lucky to have them in our corner.
0: We are, and um, they 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 do more than just provide money to the club too. Like they get they get involved. They want a relationship. It's not just a matter of okay, we want to sponsor your club. Here's some cash. Um, they get involved. They're at they're at the dinner dance. Um, they put up some prizes for auction last last year. Um, they actually purchased some of some of the uh, auction uh, <laughs> prizes as well and. Apart from their their monetary uh, sponsorship amount, they contributed probably that much again through just the auction, the, the the major auction at the dinner dance.
1: Actually, speaking of the auction, that reminds me. Now we we obviously won't have that this year, amongst many other of our fundraising efforts. Um, so very good opportunity for us, or a very good reminder for us to let everyone know that we are still selling tickets for the Toyota, good for footy raffles um so let's make sure that you get onto our social onto the facebook as a pinned post is that right at the top i think lindsay there's um
0: that that's correct and also on our website at the uh the, it's pinned to to the top of the, the website as well
1: yeah so let's everybody get out there and um yeah get some tickets in the good for footy raffle uh the toyota raffle to so get uh as much support to the club as possible
0: yeah look the tickets are only five dollars each and that five dollars goes directly to the club and whilst there's a large number of tickets sold there's some great prizes you've got the opportunity to win one of three different toyota cars so um spend five bucks it's a donation to the club and there's an opportunity for you to win a toyota car so it's a winner all round in many regards oh what a feeling toyota Our next guest is Cam McClellan, Director of OpenCorp Property Investment Specialists. We're a major sponsor of the club, including being a jumper sponsor for the next three seasons. they are also a major partner of the SMJFL's Community Fund Program Initiative. Welcome to Hawk Talk, Cam.
2: Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, first up, I've listened to you speak about property investment in various online webinars and podcasts, and it's obvious you have a real passion for property and, and investment in property. Tell us a little bit about how you came to realise that enthusiasm that you want to be involved in in property investment.
2: Yeah, no worries, mate. Um, I, I should premise my uh, answer with uh, if uh, if coffee cups, mate, gave me uh, compound growth, rental yield, and tax benefits like property did, well, I'd be an expert in coffee cups. But they don't, so property it was for me. But uh, mate, when I was uh, when I was a young tacker, uh, grew up in the country, and uh, left home sort of 16. I think we were talking before we. Uh, my dad was a bit of a prick, so um, but mum and dad also went through losing family businesses and homes, that sort of thing, through uh, some dodgy dealings from their accountant. So I, I heard arguments with mum and dad um, before the drinking started even um, that uh, whether they should argue over whether they should buy milk or bread. So I wanted basically, and look, I didn't have the worst upbringing, but uh, financially we were pretty rough. So I wanted a better environment for my kids to grow up in. So I left home at 16, worked multiple jobs um, and knew that property or rich people had property. So I spent you know a good decade just talking to a lot of investors and learning how I could get into property investing so that I can create an environment for my kids that was a step up from what I had.
0: You know, just picking up on creating an environment for your children, um, as I said in the introduction, Corp is a sponsor of the SMJFL and a sponsor of our club. What's the connection between your business and uh, and your reason for supporting grassroots junior
2: football? Yeah, I mean, like like all business owners, I get uh, asked to support lots of different charities and bits and pieces, mate. And uh, to be honest, um, the community fund really, um, really strung a chord with me. Um, with, with the community fund I saw there, and going back, mate, when I was a kid, one thing that um, probably made me, Um, the person I am or had a large influence in me as a young tacker was uh, in the country was the footy club Uh, growing up and playing footy with that community spirit around me probably kept me out of a lot of trouble that I would have got in otherwise so when I came down to the city and started living down here and realized that there's a huge variety of different demographics um, and even in the area we're in there's kids that play sport and kids that don't um, getting kids involved in in footy and in sport is really important to me. So I coach four basketball teams, you know, assistant coach, local footy, all my kids play multiple sports, netball, footy, you know, basketball. Um, And I think by getting more kids involved in footy, uh, especially footy, it it will build a better community for us down the track. So when the SMJFL had the initiative, which is groundbreaking, I mean, it's really, it's just revolutionary what they've done, putting the community fund together. And the goal of it is is to raise a million dollars a year to make footy free for kids through that whole league. Um, So um, I don't want a big note, mate, but I've put 100 grand into it this year to try and make footy free for kids, and that'll roll into next year uh, when we get back in playing footy. But um, and the reason I bring up the dollar amount, mate, is because I challenge other business owners if they're doing all right, then they should be uh, sticking some money into it because if we can keep cost of sport down and get more kids involved in it. We all get a better community down the track. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: It's a great initiative by the SMJFL, and uh, pie in the sky maybe in terms of providing free football. But I tell you, if it comes about, it'll be great for the community. Gotta have a crack.
2: Even if the cost is reduced and it can get more kids involved, you know what I mean. Even if it can make a difference, a dint in it, you know. So now, picking up on Open Court, the property side of it
0: why why invest in property why not why not look at other forms of investment like stocks and bonds and and cash and and managed accounts and all that sort of stuff yeah for me
2: um initially when i was younger um and not having a high degree of schooling and leaving school at a young age and working multiple jobs i had i knew investors usually went into either shares or property they were the glaringly obvious ones for me as a kid growing up now it was easier for me to buy a few lunches for a lot of grey-haired old investors and learn the art of property investing and the strategy behind it, the risks involved in it, than it was to go and learn how to analyse a share market and specifically the companies within the share market. Um, so there's a couple of reasons that I raise risk as an investment. So the, And then the reason later on, as I really got to understand business, and having, once again, without blowing the trumpet, but I'm telling you this for a reason, about eight businesses listed in BRW Fast 100s, the telco industry, IT industry, funds management, property advisory, mortgage broking, property property management, uh, property portfolios themselves. Uh, and i got rid of a lot of those businesses so I can spend more time with the kids. But the reason, i get back to your question about why property over shares, if I think about people who invest in shares, I usually just diversify across a share portfolio and hope to beat the average. Warren Buffett's old saying, you know, people who don't know how to invest, diversify. So anyone, and the reason I've raise business um, ownership up is that if you're investing in shares, you've got to look at it like you're investing in an individual business. You need to be able to analyse that business's uh, annual Um, statements read balance sheets profit and loss statements cash flow statements analyze the industry the product lines they're in the management team they're in and only then should you make an informed decision to invest in that company or that stock if you can't do that you're gambling in my mind Uh, whereas property I can pick the eyes out of it I can set up the finance I want control the banks I've got a set strategy for analysing each capital city market, the growth corridor within that, picking the optimum size property for that area. So, a process of elimination to get down to the best property every time. Then I pick the tenant, I manage the portfolio, I duplicate it when it goes up in value. So, I control the risk within the process. I'm not saying people don't make money on shares, but the other real reason, if we match dollar for dollar, um, I'd also argue that shares occasionally outperform property. And I would back someone who said that, but the reality is we don't invest dollar for dollar in Australia or around the world. We go to the bank and we leverage up and we get some of their money, put it with ours, and then we put it into whatever investment. Now, most shares, if you look at the GFC as a good example, we it crashed by you know, down to 45 percent of the value. So I wouldn't leverage up on shares any more than about 50 percent max because I don't want those margin calls. With property, I'll push it to 90% because your consumer protection laws, which as long as you're making the repayments, banks can't uh, look at the value and then um, call in your property because it's not valued at the same. So even if we go through a dip, I hold property long-term, it doesn't worry me. So I can invest in property at 90%. So even if I invest dollar for dollar, if I gave shares a 10% growth rate and property, an 8% compound growth rate over a 20-year period, a uh, 50K investment into each, Property come out about 1.4 million ahead. I've done the math in the background, mate, so you can uh, you can check that. But that's uh, you know that's a very crude example of why leverage property bet shares every time. So I reduce risk, I get a better return on my money, uh, and it's a simpler form for, for investment for me to learn when I was a young tacker, mate. So that was why I chose property as a, a career.
0: Yeah, okay, so we're living in crazy times now with COVID-19. Yep. Um, but before we talk about the general property market and the impact COVID's had on it. A lot of people have been locked down, have um, turned to becoming a home handyman and been doing a few improvements on their house. Yeah. Um, what projects would you suggest to people in practical terms that will add actual value to their property?
2: Yeah. Uh, either the... I mean, I guarantee my wife, Felicity, had a list of projects the length of my arm when uh, we went into lockdown, do you know what I mean? And, uh, so it was, it was good to knock off a few of those. Um, so I know... A lot of uh, partners will just have the standard list of things. But if you're looking at adding value, if if that's what you're looking at, especially with different grants and those sort of things kicking around, um, you need to look at a a very simple equation. If I add a dollar worth of uh, my dollar to my house, will I get a dollar back in bank panel valuation? Because if we're looking at investing and we want to access equity to buy an investment property, every dollar we spend, we need to get at least a dollar back from the bank panel valuation. So if you're doing cosmetic things, a lot of the time you won't get that. So if you're doing, if you want to do cosmetic things to your house, do them because you just want to do them and you just want your house a bit nicer. If you need to do something that's going to be a renovation, if you spend 50 grand, you want to make sure that you're either do it for your living quality stands, but if you're doing it just to get uplift in your property, make sure the bank's going to value that. So banks value bedrooms, they don't value media rooms or backyards um, they look at rental yield and they look at uh, the amount of bedrooms generally so they might go you've got a 700 square meter block or a 400 square meter block with a four bedroom on it there's not a lot of science behind a lot of valuations um i know i know this from working in the value industry for a very long time and one of my good mates is the head of valuations at cbre so it's a sausage factory mate the way valuations are done so you need to make it very simple for the valuer to provide you a good valuation um so if you're but really, so around the own home, mate, just do things that are going to make you happy and um, you know, keep the wife or the husband happy.
0: Yeah, okay. Now moving on to something more serious about COVID, what, what's it done to the overall property market in Australia? Is it a good time to be investing or is it a bad time in terms
2: of investing in property? No, I think that's a good question. Uh, at the start of it, I wanted to sit back and – uh, assess things to see how it went. What we were looking at, because we've got a thousand odd properties on our rental roll for clients. We've got over fifteen hundred clients or families, Australian families that invest, you know, through our advisory group. So I wanted to be very cautious, I suppose, at the start, really the, the only impact is the long-term economics of the underlying factors around the property industry. We've got a massive long-term undersupply of property. We've got urban growth boundaries around our capital cities which limit the amount of land and we've got a increase in population even now without you know the huge population uh, immigration population we've still got that pressure on supply what i wasn't sure of was obviously the economic factors you know is it going to be as bad as the gfc the 90 recession these are the ones that i was kicking around for so well, I was school in the 90s so then the world was going to end then so i studied historical trends of property here and overseas and i've um you know, become a bit of a historian at that. But what I wanted to make sure was, was this any going to be worse than the GFC? What are the factors? The factors are reality is of a fire sale. So obviously job losses can cause a fire sale, the banks have got mortgage relief. So that nullified that. The other thing that can drop uh, property prices are if developers need to move stock. So if they go into a fire sale, well, developers got mortgage relief. So um, and the other thing is obviously if, if uh, the, the rental market drops dramatically, well, the government put in JobKeeper and they put in, you know, uh, so there was, and, and they encourage people to work with their tenants, which we're working with a number of tenants, but we've only seen out of well over a thousand properties, um, under 5% of tenants ask for any sort of mortgage relief. The reality is people are proud in Australia. We want to pay our bills, even if we're a rental, renter as a, you know, opposed to a homeowner. We've still got Australian morals and we want to make sure our bills are paid and our expenses are covered and, we you know, we stand on our own two feet. So it's a really good test of character, I think, for Australia, this whole process. Come September, that'll be uh, good to see how the Australian um, government handle that. I think they're going to do a, like a washdown version. But as far as investing in property now, yeah, mate, um, i learned learnt about property investing in the 90s off investors who were investing through the recession. I invested hard through... Yeah, and we've got graphs and infographics we've um, done up through the GFC. Property market dropped about 10%, bounced back hard. The underlying factors of the property market in 17 were in a restriction by the lending regulations, which pulled the market back. That slowly eased. Property market took off like it should have because of the demand issue. COVID's kicked in. Property markets eased fractionally. We're talking a couple of percent. Yeah, we're not talking serious dollars here. But it's not exciting for newspapers to write that the market hasn't really taken a massive dive. Do you know what I mean? So if you listen to the, the writing in the papers, you'll get one headline. I saw one the other day. Now, this is yesterday. By one of the major news outlets, news.com.au, property prices plunge. So it was on the uh, nine, uh, nine, property prices plunge. You go into the article, property prices have reduced by two percent. Uh, come on. So don't listen to the headlines. Read the facts. So RP data. Uh, is a really good um, source of information. But I'm buying property right now, and there's some really good buying out there because builders want to make sure they're getting building contracts kicked off. So they're offering some really good incentives. So we've got a lot of clients um, who have taken advantage of this period of time. If you're ha- happy to buy a property and hold it long term, mate, and during a downturn is a fantastic uh, time to invest. What's us uh, talk about Warren Buffett again, his famous saying. Be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. So hopefully that uh, answers you, man. Yes, so if you uh, have the capacity or the
0: capability, it appears to be a good time to invest. Now, we're a junior footy club, which means we probably cover a fair gamut of the various life stages. we got ch- we got children, young young families that are either renting or low equity in their first home, through to more established families who have probably got heaps of equity in their home or even paid it off through to the grandparents and retirees and, and empty nesters. So any general advice on uh, for each of those sort of um, listeners?
2: Yeah. Um, kids should probably be um, putting away three quarters of, their, of whatever they earn and, into savings and spending a quarter of it. People who are, I've got a, a Money Smarts course, which um, we can make available to you, which I do for year 12 kids, um, which is basically teaching. So this is for thinking about, you know, the juniors through the club, um, really up until most adults, to be brutally honest, um, I, I think should do this course. Uh, it's about an hour and a half and teach you the core fundamentals about money. Um, I've rolled this course out for, and it's really, it doesn't talk a huge amount about property. It's more about the mistakes the majority of Australians make and why 90% of the population retire poor. So it's really about understanding the basics, how to how to do the basic things that will put you so far ahead of the population, even if you're not an aggressive investor. Um, I've rolled this course out to every A-League soccer club, um, every NBL team, AFL players, Australian cricketers, jockeys, uh, NBA, NBA players. So this, this is a, a course which people who are transitioning out of the mum and dad world into and and this course was designed for year 12 kids so I, every couple of weeks I'd go to different schools and do this course but I recorded it because schools were after it during the COVID period but uh, so the uh, that would be a really good start for anyone wanting to understand the basics about money uh, and then um, for people who are Probably try. they've got their own home and a bit of equity, um, learning the safe basic steps of investing. So they keep their own home safe and out of the bank's hands to buy their first property. but buying a property that's low cost to hold so they don't put the strain on their household income. And then uh, people who are transitioning into retirement, um, If uh, there's different methods of basically a lot of people find their asset rich and income poor. So it's a matter of transitioning that asset into something that's going to generate income for them. Um, there's a number of different funds. We've got one called ResiFund.com.au, which a lot of people transition during that period. Um, don't want to just keep promoting Open Court, mate, but uh, there's other things that you can uh, you can do. So, but yeah, we've got an investment consulting team. If people are over 18 and they want to talk to one of the investment consultants, they're more than welcome to. Otherwise, that Money Smarts course is a really good one to do. I've got a best-selling book, My Foyer or the Property Investor, which I can make available for listeners free of charge for you as well, mate. So.
0: Thanks, Cam. It's been an interesting chat. But before you go, I always finish with at least one football question. So firstly, who do you follow in the AFL?
2: Uh, North, Melbourne.
0: North Melbourne. Now, if North aren't to win the Premiership this year, who do, you, who do you think will or who would you like to win the flag this year?
2: Yeah, man, I don't mind some of the old Melbourne clubs, mate, just because I grew up with the, in the VFL and that sort of thing, so I'll probably go with the Hawthorne or something like that. I know they've had a, a few. Actually, there you go, Hawthorne. You guys are the Hawks, aren't you? I'll give, I'll give you that one. Go local. Yeah,
0: that's right. Thanks, Cam. Appreciate your time today and uh, the property investment advice you've given our listeners. Um, on behalf of the club, I'd also like to thank you and everyone at Corp for your support of the club in these difficult times. Finances are tough for everyone. Uh, a lot of people and organisations are struggling and our club's no exception. So it's through the, through the goodwill of your, your support and other supporters of our club that will enable us to have 400 players get on the, out
2: on the park this season.
0: Thanks very much, OpenCorp, and thank you, Cam, for your time today.
1: No worries,
2: mate. Hope hope uh, there's two economies out there, mate. For any other businesses out there that are doing OK, put your hand in your pocket and uh, help out.
0: And that concludes this week's show. Disappointing week for the Wagley Park Hawks with the South Metro Junior Football League delaying the start of the season once again. A very exciting week for the Boz family with Attu making his debut for Collingwood on Friday night. We had an interesting chat with Cam McClellan about property investment where he offered advice that is suitable for all from children to grandparents. We encourage you to buy tickets in the Toyota Good for Football raffle as it's the only fundraiser for the club this season. From Nick and I, that's all. Stay safe, stay well. Go Hawks!